Sorry, let me read that again. (laughs) Today on the Geek Out Podcast, can you combat review bombing by delaying reviews? Netflix ad-supported tier is coming next month. And Chadwick Boseman has won a posthumous Emmy for What If. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast, episode 204. We record this on Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. And I think we can say this officially now. Mm. You can catch us at the Capital City Comic Con on Saturday, September 24th, 5.15 p.m. in Oak Bay Room 1. We are returning for a live edition of the Geek Out podcast. Yay! I'm so excited. It's been a long time. And, I mean, we were scheduled in for 2020, but that just really happened, so... It did happen in 2020. It was the... uh, Remember when we did the online version? (laughs) That's right, because all of my gear went sideways. Yeah, your gear went sideways, and then Paul froze mid-hair flip. Oh, that was such a good... Good freeze. Yeah. That I think is on our Facebook page or group. That's a funny video. I go back to that on a semi-regular basis just it to watch weird. that. <laughs> it is it's perfect. Now, hopefully, you like us better than drag because we're also at the same time as the drag show. Yeah. Know. However, no we are the only panel that is playing at that time against the drag show. So the drag show is on. There are no other panels to think about. And then it's us. That's what happened last time, though. But we were up against um, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, yeah. and of course, most people went and saw Malcolm McDowell. But bless you. Yeah, to I think the... we peaked at an attendance of seven. So yeah. you know, that was. It's, uh... And it's... Jason Lamb was there. Yeah, but he didn't come see us. He went and saw Malcolm McDowell. Didn't I he? think he saw us for a little <laughs> bit. He sat in for a little bit because I know I remember. Uh, hitting the Mary spoiler thing, and he was losing it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 720 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. Uh, DJ Boy Tano. I do the weekday wind down in the uh, evening zone and the mixtape in the afternoon zone. And I didn't have to even do it in that order because Paul's not here yet. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kirsten James. There we go. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, an interesting tactic that Amazon has thunked up to combat review bombing on their own platform after their remake of A League of Their Own got review bombed. Surprise, surprise. They've now decided to delay all reviews for 72 hours on Prime Video. And if there are reviews, they're going to somehow, somehow go through them one by one and validate them to see whether or not they are actual reviews. On what platform slash service on their own? Prime, or? Prime Video. Oh, well, that's that's like when Netflix took away the, the rating and you just can give it thumbs up or thumbs down or double thumbs up. That's right, right. Um, they did this with Lord of the Rings, too, though. But they they also did it. On IMDb. I don't know why IMDb is where I go for my ratings. And with uh, the rings, 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 they you couldn't leave an IMDb rating for 48 hours. So same thing. So I don't know if like Bezos just like paid somebody off or like how he did that. But well, let let me tell you, okay. because there was there's a post on Reddit, which, uh, you know, claims that a bunch of negative reviews for rings, 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 rings mm-hmm. were deleted, even if they were written by 
human beings. Oh. If the reviews were like below four, you know, and so this is where the conspiracy theory comes in because, of course, Amazon owns IMDb. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. So questions answered, right? And slope slippery. It's, um, yeah, it's an interesting idea to delay them. But the, what is the validation process? Because are there, you know, is this AI? Are they humans? Are they Amazon employees? It's, um, what, yeah, it's what about a, on like um, Rotten Tomatoes? Was that delayed? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, all they did was in 2019 after the Captain Marvel thing, they prevented it so that you couldn't uh, review a thing before it came out. Mm. But they haven't made any changes that I'm aware of since then. So as soon as a thing comes out, people can review bomb it as much as they but want. But that's the thing I like about so the, the Rotten Tomatoes thing, because I've been trying to get on Rotten Tomatoes as an official reviewer for like years now. Um, but their process in terms of actually accepting, I guess sort of they, they call them the cream of the crop reviewers. Uh, that's quite a lengthy process. And then they also have their audience score. So if, if you think that, oh, this is just a bunch of people being pretentious and in like in terms of their cream of the crop reviews, you can then look at the audience score to see and, and sort of match those, match those up. But then, um. It ha- it seems like Rotten Tomatoes has a little bit more. I, that's where I kind of gra- gravitate towards because it seems like that has a bit more of a process where you can actually see if something is being, you know, unfairly reviewed. Mm-hmm. Now, your cre- the cream of the crop reviewers are like the critical reviewers, right? right? The, the, the professionals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're not going to review bomb anything. They're believable, reputable people. And that it's process just- is like it, ta- it takes a long time to get um, recognized as a cream of the yeah. crop. It's just when you get to the great unwashed and all you need to do is create an account. That's where the review bombs come in. Yeah, it's interesting. I I, I don't know if you're going to say this at the end of your geek out, bud, but um, it didn't work because Lord of the Rings, (laughs) rings, 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 rings. It's like people found out that they did this and then just waited 48 hours and then rated it bad because they were like, no, you think you're going to let me not do this? Bad, bad, bad. I'm waiting 48 hours and getting all my friends to do it now too. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. It's such a bummer. Like I like review. It's it's frustrating to me as a person who consumes movies and wants to know if a movie is okay or not because – I just want to know if a movie's okay or not. I don't want these review bombs. I don't want your whatever reason, political, like... Your campaign for... I yeah, just, exactly. I just would like to know if I should watch Toy Story 3, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, that's all I want to know. It's like, is it above 70%? Okay, I'll probably watch it. But then all these review bombers just mess it up for just us regular normie people. And that's the thing. Reviews are important and it's um, a real shame. And it's the same thing with 10 out of 10, right? Like this is what happens is like lots of people will rate a one. And then I've done this before, too. When I've seen something being review bombed, I'll be the person that will go and rate a 10. And then people are like, all these people rating it 10 are bots. And there's no way this movie's a 10. And then the people rating it 10 are like, there's no way this movie's a one. And it's. And it's never in the middle. Like, it's just, anyway, it's very That's the thing. For She-Hulk, again, before it came out, there were, like, 982 one-star ratings and, like, five, six, three, five, you know, just, like, infinitesimal amount of ratings between two and nine. 
And then the 10s were like just over a thousand. So that's exactly what was happening. We have negative review bombing and positive review review bombing yeah. fighting each other out. And none of it counts because the show hasn't come out. Yeah. What on Ugh. Rotten Tomatoes, can you see, is it just r- fresh or rotten? Is that just the rating, Brian? Yeah. Or how does it like work when, for but, like a normie to go on Rotten Tomatoes? That it's it's at what is it like uh, fifty something percent? Then that's considered rotten. So do you actually go in and rate it a percent? No. Do you like, just say you mean good like or bad? as a, like the reviewers themselves? Yeah, isn't there an audience score though on on Rotten Tomatoes? There's an audience score as well. How does and that? The audience votes. Are they just choosing fresh or rotten? Oh, that I don't know. Because uh, on IMDb, I, it's a scale out of ten. Yeah, yeah, and then that—that's a good question. Like some, something is doing the math in that sense mm. to like to find out from because like some of these reviewers are you know some of them they they do like the thumbs up thumbs down in their actual review so you could tell if the review is negative or positive. Some of them don't do that, right? Or or some of them do it like out of five or whatever. Yeah, and some of the um, the professional reviews are quite interesting because. They will say, you know, fresh or rotten, but then their words will sometimes almost contradict that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's, I don't know if they have like some sort of algorithm to like actually read the written article to find out like the amount of positive said versus the amount of negative said. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing because like, yeah, I tend to like, I'll, I'll check out the, the actual, you know, percentage if it's fresh or rotten and then I'll go in. Uh, and then I'll go in in order in terms of like what my favorite reviewers are saying and what some of the other ones from like, you know, not- notable publications that I've heard of are saying. And then actually read the full on article just to see, like to get some context behind why it's, you know, fresh or why it's rotten. And we're all pulling for you to become an official Rotten Tomatoes Tomatometer yes, reviewer. Tomatometer. Um, uh, you know, you've been trying on this process for a while and what is it? You need to have consistent weekly movie reviews for two years before you can even three apply three, and, but, no, two years. Oh, two years. The, so the thing is I missed the deadline this year to, because they only take in new applicants in March. Oh, oh weird. Yeah. And, uh, I had already passed, I think by March of this year, I'd passed the two year mark. For mm-hmm. 91 second review, but uh, I just didn't realize it was March. So well, I now we know. Out. Yeah, you're, I found that out in like June three. or July. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming soon. We only have one thing incoming soon. It's uh, it's 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 Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> it's it's that movie that we talked about coming soon to digital. Um, and yeah, I guess the idea is Christopher Robin, you know, grew up in the Seven Acre Woods, left, had his own life, and then came back many many years later. And in the intervening years, uh, Pooh and Piglet went feral. Um, even though they look like men with masks and gloves on and they can operate weapons and machinery so it's uh you know and then naturally there's uh there's like one male and like seven attractive females uh that are, that are involved in this somehow and uh yeah so it looks understandably terrible yes <laughs> very bad i'm not i can't contribute anything more to it, it looks i'm so happy to terrible. know the story though because yeah i thought 
at first I thought when I first saw like the images of this before any sort of trailers came out, I thought, oh, this is just the strangers and they've got Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I see. Yep. Right. I thought oh, it was just like yeah, a bunch yeah. of psychopaths with Winnie the Pooh masks on. But no, they're they're actually doing like the story of like they're actually committing. Is, yeah. <laughs> they were abandoned by Christopher Robin and so yeah, they they went psychopath. Yeah. 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 It's 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 it's, it's in Interesting. <laughs> anyway, that's a movie coming out, I guess. Geek News Proper. So Paul passed along one song from the South Park, uh, the 25th anniversary concert, uh, Kyle's mom clip on YouTube, but they've released the whole thing. Yes. I, I haven't watched it, but we put the link up, uh, so I'm sure it's great, and you can find that in Oh, my... you know how many people sent me the What Would Brian Boitano Do? Oh, um, of course. <laughs> I, like, it started with Chris Loran oh, and sure. Zoners. <laughs> it's like they've never heard the song or seen the movie from no. They're like, 20 years ago. This is perfect for you. I was like, yeah, I know, like 14 yeah. years ago. I wonder if they know. <laughs> I wonder if they know that Brian Boitano is a famous figure skater. Like, I wonder if they know that. Oh, shoot. You you know what? Yeah, I bet you there's um, there's a generational separation where a bunch of them don't. And they just think it's our Brian Boitano. And they're like, wow. (laughs) Well, Um, because sometimes like when people ask me the story, like, well, what's up with your last name? And yeah, some of them, when I tell them that story, some of them don't. No, Brian Boitano? Brian Boitano is. Tell them when you tell them what story. Like, because some, sometimes people ask, is like, how come your name on the website's listed as Capistrano, but your your people call you Boitano? Where did DJ Boitano come from? And so I say that I'm assuming what had happened is that Sarah P forgot my last, my actual yeah. last name. Yeah. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, we got a promotion director starting and his name's Brian Boitano. Yeah. And then I think it was like maybe James Sutton or something that, that Googled it. And uh, wait, he had to Google it? Or Googled, yeah, found the Wikipedia and is like, no, Brian Boitano's a figure skater. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I feel so old. And that's already. that's what, yeah, that's what had happened about 14 years ago. And Hilarious. And he would sing What Would Brian Boitano Do Whenever I'm in the Halls and stuff. And I, yeah. I die a little inside. No. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I got to say, like, I heard about this South Park concert and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then... When I saw it, I was like, I should have fucking gone to this. Like, I <laughs> loved South Park when I was a kid. I think yeah. Matt Stone and Trey Parker are, like, I know I said this about the Mike Myers thing, but they are geniuses. Like, their they're musical chops and their comedy. Like, they're the ones behind the Book of Mormon, right? That whole Broadway yeah. musical was written by Hello. them yeah. based on... Um, an episode of South Park. And, um, I mean, there's a reason this show's been going on for so long and, like, they can do this and the music and the songs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they had Primus there, who, of course, does the theme song, but then they had, like, members of Rush, like, Getty Lee showed up. What? I didn't know. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. um, And they played all the music and sang all the songs, and it just, it looked really cool. And I'm so sad that it wasn't there. Like, I mean, it was... Um, Blame Canada was nominated for an Oscar. Like, the, you know, you think wow. South Park and you're like, oh, South Park, whatever. That's that stupid silly little mouth. cartoon. Right. Yeah. Like they, they, they were nominated for an Oscar. They've got Tony's. Yeah. Robin like, Williams performed it at the Oscars. He did. Yeah. Son of a gun. Yeah. Cultural touchstone. Yeah. So I I don't know. I saw it after and a guy got big FOMO. I was like, I should have should have gone. Uh-huh. To that. Where yeah. was it? 
Red Rocks Amphitheater, I think. Oh, sure. So sure. somewhere in California. Okay, so not too far. Yeah. All right. Next up, Chadwick Boseman has won a posthumous Emmy Award for his voiceover work in What If? Um, that was really interesting when we all saw What If? Uh, when it came out on Disney Plus, because of course at that point Chadwick Boseman had died, and we knew that this was his last uh, role, his last uh, Marvel role ever. And so, yeah, he won. He won an Emmy Award. I mean, who else was, was was he up against? This is what I want to know. Because, I mean, it wasn't that great. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, he was up against um, F. Murray Abraham, uh, Hong Shu in Moon Knight, uh, Julie Andrews from Bridgerton, Maya Rudolph uh, for Big Mouth, Stanley Tucci, Central Park, and uh, Jessica Walter in Archer, and also Jeffrey Wright in What If. Jessica Walter died too. Oh boy. Well, I don't know. I I mean, I guess I've only seen one of those, maybe two of two of those to compare. So I guess maybe he did deserve it. And I mean, they're they're not really in the business of just ha- handing out posthumous Emmys just for fun. But like, I don't know. Were you guys like, oh wow, Chadwick deserves an Emmy for this? No one want to say it. No, I I feel you. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think ghost. Right. Yeah. I I I don't know, but I but I I don't I don't have a, a, a great understanding of any of the rest of them either. I don't know. Did Jessica Walter just crush it in the last season of Archer? She usually does a good job, but mm-hmm. uh, who knows? Uh, uh, I I don't know. From what I saw, I think that Conchu was pretty good, even though I forgot it was the voice. Uh, the, the, the voice, voice. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I know you're right. You're right. When it, something happens like this, it's like, how much of this is really based on merit? How much of it is based so we can get a couple of headlines here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up. Cyberpunk 2077 will be getting an expansion next year, and Keanu Reeves will be part of it. But uh, based on all the problems that yeah. uh, we had with last-gen consoles, now that we're in the new gen, it will not be coming to your PS4s or your Xbox Ones. This will only be for um, p- PCs uh, up to up to spec, um, PS5 and Xbox S or X. And uh, yeah, it's just somewhere in 2023. Um, but yeah, Johnny Silverland will be back. Did they ever fix all the problems with that game? I have no idea. It's <laughs> okay. a great point. That's a great point. I'm sure to a certain extent they did, but nobody cared by that point. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm honestly surprised to hear this, but happy because who knows, maybe this would be their redemption arc or maybe not. <laughs> we'll have to find out. So Netflix was going to launch their ad tier in 2023, but then Disney... Plus said, hey, we're going to launch our ad tier in December. And so Netflix said, no, okay, we're going to launch it in November. We're going to be before. We're going to be first. That's a fun voice. I've never heard before. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my, that's my whiny corporate voice. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to charge a soft $65 CPM. Now, holy smokes. CPM, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> CPM in the advertising world stands for cost per thousand. And I guess that's because M is the Roman numeral for a thousand. Oh, uh, and that's for a thousand impressions. It's for a thousand eyeballs that they declare uh, will see your ad, whether or not they take action on it. That's a whole different measurement. Wow. Your typical CPM for uh, you know broadcast television is about 15 bucks. 
Uh, for YouTube, 25. So for Netflix to think they're going to launch with $65 per 1,000 impressions, uh, pretty bold. Oh, on an on a on a thing where you can on a platform where you're able to skip commercials, I would imagine, right? Or or they're not going to let you do that, probably. In this ad-supported one, I reckon they're probably not. I, I I still think Amazon Prime Video is the holdout where you can skip the ads, and maybe that's because you're already paying for it yeah. somehow. Like, you know, the CBC Gem app, for in- for instance, they have ads beforehand too, but you cannot skip them. Mm-hmm. And so I reckon on these ad supported tier, uh, ad supported, um, yeah, tiers of Netflix and Disney Plus, it's going to be the same thing. You can't skip them mm. because that's the point if you're paying less money. Okay, okay, bud, bud, okay. I think we've been <laughs> every week. I think we've been, um, you know, pushing back about this because Netflix in our minds, you know, was the disruptor and the one that you know invented this new method of what we know, the subscription based television model but I think we're coming to a place now and I feel this way I think because I watch so much YouTube where it's just like that's what is you either pay for it you pay full freight and you don't have to watch ads yeah or you don't and you do yeah and that's what everyone wants to just be now YouTube kind of came at it from it's so funny like I still to this day don't have a YouTube subscription that exists I could pay YouTube a small amount of money every month and I would never have to watch ads. I should do that for the amount I pay YouTube. But because YouTube came at it for free first and then scooched in the ads slowly. Yes, this they, is a great point. You know, which was, it's like, there's, it's not like this is the right way to do it. It's just the way they did it and the way that it continues. You yeah. just stick with the way, I feel like. And you can't go backwards. You can't go backwards. No one wants to go backwards with Netflix as well. No one wants to go to paying to watching commercials on there. That's such an outrageous thing. But it's what what really is happening is everything's just shaking out. Everything's just shaking out. Broadcast TV would be very smart to figure out a way to do it too. Where if you paid more on your cable bill, you get to skip the ads. Oh wait, I guess you already have a. PVR to do that. That's pay TV or yeah, pay per view or whatever. So so everyone's just getting on even ground now. Everyone's just doing all the same thing always, and it's just how it goes. I slightly disagree because oh, um, with with YouTube you were never paying. With Netflix you started out paying. Now you will pay less if you want the ad. So I do think mm. that um, that grease is there to grease the wheels to allow people to consider that option. But it is so much tougher mm-hmm. on YouTube because you never paid for it. Yeah, 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 it's true. And finally, in Geek News proper, Anna de Armas disagrees with the NC-17 rating for Blonde. Uh, quote, I didn't understand why that happened. <laughs> I kind of brought this up for art but he's not here but anyways um yeah <laughs> i mean we're not gonna understand until we see the movie either right it's i know gonna have that's to true to, to, to understand so. <laughs> right, well, our art's gonna have to see it six times <laughs> yeah. to understand yeah. <laughs> your art fashion i'm gonna have to study this thing but NC- <laughs> yeah. let's go to the game tape nc17 though that's usually for for nudity right like you wouldn't get that for swears usually. I yeah, it's and that's the question I had yeah. be- before was like, is it usually because like the last time I I saw a movie that had NC seventeen was Showgirls. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. oh it's for, fully for nudity. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, it's for sex stuff for sure. Yeah, that's like it's the special rating for. It. Yeah, because think about like, you know, 
super bad, doesn't have an NC-17 rating, and the thing is chock-a-block with swears, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh. But who cares also? The thing's on Netflix. It's not like you get to like, keep exactly. teenagers out of a movie theater. Like, who right. cares what this yeah. thing is rated anymore? Why even have ratings to begin with at all? Well, well that line. The time this thing would be detrimental uh, like an NC-17 yeah. rating would be detrimental. Is right. That would be the barrier for entry for, for box office. Theaters, yeah, exactly. Um, but you would think that the NC-17 rating is going to, like, this is pro- this is without a doubt going to be the number one stream thing on Netflix yes. because people are so curious. Yeah. Yeah, all this, all this headline controversy, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited about it. Hey, you know what's curious. not? Curious. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> but you know what's uh, also not on this QC, but that, for some reason this reminded me of it. Are y'all following the uh, Don't Worry Darling drama? Yes. Do you love the Don't oh, Worry oh, Darling drama? No, it's so the, stupid. The and that's one of the reasons I didn't put it on the cue sheet or get in, into Slack anyways. It just seems so fabricated. I totally would have spat on Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even care about the drama. I am just loving Chris Pine's look. That hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Really? Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like he saw, he saw Handsome Hawk and was like, I need to emulate that. I need to be a Handsome Hawk, too. Yes. And now he is. But blonde and poutier. And did, yeah, I know. He's so pouty. Um, and the look, <laughs> when he realized that Harry Styles had spit on him, just incredible. But for the record, he didn't actually. You don't think? No, he didn't. There was like a whole thing about it. Yeah. He didn't actually spit on him. What did he do then? What happened? I don't know. I didn't read that part. I just read the part that it was like, no, he didn't spit on him. That's not what actually happened. No. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you know what did actually happen? Florence Pugh showed up 20 minutes late with an Aperol spritz. In many ways, she's like the Paul Placino of that movie. <laughs> oh, so that, the other wrong. thing too is because like there's <laughs> there's apparent ten, like allegedly yeah. there's uh, this tension between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. Right. Um, oh, sorry. I so, thought that was what you were talking about initially. Was this this made up controversy? Oh, this is that's. No, I don't no. think that's made up because that, that could. Yeah, that that's pro. That has a little bit more weight to it than than Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine. So uh, Chris Brian, Pine. is that why? Is the does Florence Pugh is she friends with like Sudeikis or something? Is that why? Okay, here we go. Here Olivia we go. Wilde left Sudeikis for Harry let Styles. Me, let me read right? you. Yes. And then drama. And then now I'm hearing, too, that Florence Pugh maybe is friends with Sudeikis? Yeah, let me just give you the Coles Note version of this because there's okay. a lot of shit going okay. on. Yeah, please. Um, <clears throat> okay. So. Sorry for your cue sheet, bud. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I, I'm going to just read this from a tweet that I read that okay, okay. beautifully summarized it. It all started when Olivia Wilde hired Shia LaBeouf. I don't know if you remember this, to play the husband in the movie Don't Worry Darling. Uh. And then Florence Pugh was cast to play the wife. The movie has several sex scenes, probably going to get N17 rating. Um, Shia infamously creepy with women and is actually being sued by his ex for abuse. Oh boy. Florence Pugh comes to Olivia, says she's creeped out, don't want to work with Shia. Shia goes off the movie. He's replaced by Harry Styles. Uh, Olivia, who's the um, director, by the way, um, is also dating. Harry, perhaps during the movie, yes. um, maybe cheated on him. We don't know. That's all speculation. Maybe cheated on Sudeikis with Harry. With Styles. Harry after yes. he was cast in it. Yeah. Um, the promotion of the film is 
drama because of this. Yes. So Olivia, then eager to be taken seriously by Hollywood, does an interview with Variety. So this is read by everyone in Hollywood, Big Old Magazine. And for Girl Boss Point, she says she fired Shia LaBeouf to keep Florence Pooh safe from an abuser. Okay. Shia LaBeouf reads this and is like, no, that's not true. I wasn't fired and certainly not by Olivia. And then Shia forwards two of Olivia Wilde's emails to Variety and in the emails, Wilde begs him to stay on the film and says she will interview with, quote, Miss Flo, which I fucking love that she's called her Miss Flo, who she portrays as being sensitive in the emails. So the emails show that Olivia Wilde lied to Variety and didn't actually protect Florence Pugh at all. So oh my. now it's time for the press tour and the marketing. Florence Pugh is clearly pissed off and irritated about this, declines to say anything oh at all God. about the movie, oh which is really God. rare for leads, especially they usually yeah. praise directors. So sure. she's like pleading the fifth. She's like, I fucking have to be here. Give me my Aperol spray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then Florence Pugh also starts giving all these statements about um, how the film is being reduced to its sex scene. And this uh, is a criticism of Wilde, who's been promoting the sex scenes as revolutionary and clearly instructing like Harry Styles to say the same. So, And then we get to this weekend where Florence Pugh skips the press conferences for the film. Um, so, like, just doing that quiet quitting thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and this week in Venice, we're seeing everyone be, like, not look at each other. Chris Pine is like, why the fuck am I here? Holy. Um, I just got spat on. Oh, yeah, I just yeah. got <laughs> And then, so Harry and Olivia at Venice at this film festival are also nowhere near each other. So it's like they're trying to pretend they're not together. And then it was oh, super boy. weird at Florence because then <laughs> Harry Styles, for some reason kissed Nick Kroll on the lips. Like yes. I don't I don't know how Nick, <laughs> not, oh my God. Know how Nick Kroll gets involved in yes. this. But like that happens. Yes, yes, yes. And so we don't know. So there's there's all this drama that goes back to Olivia Wilde and like saying she's protecting Florence Pugh, but not really, and then trying to get Shia LaBeouf back and then lying to Variety. And then also maybe having an affair with Jason Sudeikis during this. And mm-hmm. Florence Pugh is also friends with Jason Sudeikis. And then somehow poor Chris Pine is just involved in this and like the the best comment I've seen about him is that he's just everything it looks like he's astral projecting himself yes. somewhere else yes. <laughs> have to be involved in it so that's the whole rundown of the drama I stand corrected thank you for that amazing summary it, 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 it is a thing and I am sorry for downplaying it before holy well, Olivia Wilde was actually even asked about Florence Pugh's like sort of lateness and um, kind of absence but uh, so she had said, actually, she used that as like she she basically said it was because of uh, Florence Pugh's commitment to filming the Dune sequel. And so in her interview, she thanked Denny Villeneuve for like letting her come to this thing um, because, you know, she knows how like that's that's such like a it's it's a pain in the ass to have like one of your your main actors, you know, not on set for your movie because they're they're promoting another movie. Uh, that thing. So she's trying to kind of obviously deflect any sort of rumors and had commented saying that, oh, it's just this, all, all this stuff that's that's going on is the internet feeding itself. Right. Obviously, Wild. she has to say that kind of stuff to like really because put the focus back on her movie because sure. somebody salvaged this thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I have. Maybe look, 
phenomenal, though. I know. That's well, the thing. Let me it's like, d- I really want to see this movie. Even uh, that was going to be my, like, take of takes is that, like, all this is doing is just ramping up hype for the movie. This is doing more for this movie than yep. any press tour, any marketing campaign yep. ever could. Like, this amount of interest. I, I Well, I don't know. This is just me. I wanted to see it before because it's, like, my kind of movie. It's me like too. a horror, drama, thriller. Same, same, right? same, same. So, yeah. I don't know. But the other thing I like throughout all of this is there's another interview with your fave, Harry Styles. Yes. And it's the one where, like, Chris Pine is astral projecting himself somewhere, but then you, like, see his throat tense. He's so angry. Oh, no. Because because they're asking Harry Styles about, you know, the movie, what's it like? And he's, the quote is something like, well, in the movie... I am an actor, and actors yes. act in movies, and people oh go God, to what? see movies in theaters, and I oh. was acting in that movie. I am a human bre- being breathing air. But it's oh like, God. it's something like that, right? Well, but like, yeah, yeah. The line that everyone loves is, it feels like a movie. Yeah. And, and it's just like, <laughs> what? This movie Styles. feels like a movie. It's wow. just, it's a very, very bad, and then it kind of made me think, because when Harry Styles... It was Harry Styles that shows up in Marvel, right? In MCU as somebody? Yeah. Um, yeah when Harris. he showed up in there, I was like, oh, cool. Harry Styles is acting now. Why not? But now all this drama is going on. I was like, oh, why not? Yes. Mm. He's not an actor. Wait a minute. <laughs> he's a rock star musician. That does not mean that mm-hmm. he can act. So now I'm very much questioning Harry Styles being cast in things. Yeah, really? Wow. Well, because that's fascinating. Just because you're a musician, yeah, it doesn't mean you're an actor. And especially to put him in a movie like this, mm-hmm. which I, you know, that is debuting at the Venice Film Festival, like I'm assuming it's a very high sure, yeah. drama movie. Oh, yeah. And, and not like, you know, we think about like where The Rock got his start in movies, right? Was mm-hmm. The Mummy. The, <laughs> he was a fucking sco- really bad CGI Scorpion King, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, And then Harry Styles just goes and he's in like fucking Venice Film Fest movies? Like, what? I, I mean, mind. he was all right in Dunkirk. I didn't, I didn't mind him in Dunkirk. I don't remember. Oh, I think Harry Styles is very talented, and I think he's a yeah, fine actor as well, but I kind of agree, too. He's I think he's getting cast in things because he's Harry king Styles. of the zeitgeist right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 he's Harry Styles. Um, the, the memes are in phenomenal, and the, the dumps, the, the mean dumps are amazing. I'm just going to read you a couple of my favorite tweets that I've seen here. Um, Chris Pine is the Diane Keaton of Brad Pitt's. I no, get, I will wow. not explain. Do you know? I don't get it. I don't understand that <laughs> reference. Uh, um, uh, last time I followed a news event in real time this closely was January 6th, somebody said. Uh, Harry Styles really came to the film festival, didn't answer a single question, kissed a boy, and left. <laughs> I want a movie about this movie. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be good? Um, what is at POTUS? Someone tweeted this. Doing to protect our Americans abroad, Chris Prine, from foreign <laughs> threats, Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh my God. And, um, and then there's uh, someone tweeted that famous picture of like uh, when Obama was in the Situation Room watching them take out Osama bin Laden. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and it says, uh, the caption is, Twitter following the Don't Worry Darling press tour. Oh my God! Amazing. Yeah. So absolutely, like Twitter and everybody just absolutely loves this thing, and it's so good. And yeah, and that's you're all exactly right. This is gonna drive demand for this movie through the roof. I would imagine. And Chris Pine and Florence Pugh. They're like they're. You think they're the good guys here? Everyone. Well, I don't care oh. if they're the good guys or not, but like I feel like they're getting positive press, and I'm like, yep, both of them. That is the energy I want to project. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you. I want to be the person that shows up with the apple roll spritz right. or the person rolling their eyes or astral projecting somewhere. That is my personality, those two people. Trying to like remove yourself yes. from the drama with yep. booze yeah. and <laughs> mysticism. Doesn't that sound like me? Like, yeah, it like, really does. Yeah, yeah so. it's it's really good. So, oh man, but I, I'm that that's hilarious. But I'm also, I would be bummed if Olivia Wilde gets bad press from this. I mean, I don't know. She sounds like she did it some It sounds like she did behavior. some bad badness. Oh, God. Yeah. And especially that variety thing. Oh, it's a bummer. And then, I don't know, Harry Styles. I like Harry Styles. It sounds like, I will <laughs> say you? this, you now, as Paul? much drama as there is, it sounds like mm-hmm. everyone is being respectable adults about it. Like, we're feeling the drama because we sure. can feel and see how awkward and horrible it is, but Florence Pugh has been a professional and she's just either not commenting which I mean says a lot but like you know like I think that she's doing a really good job of handling whatever is going on Olivia Wilde is doing a really good job of trying to control whatever is going on like they they all are doing their best not to like actually say something really bad and detrimental yeah I think I don't know. I mean, That's I know it's not co- it's not coming off that way. Yeah, uh, like we all <laughs> but know trying. secretly what's happening, but like I don't know. I think they're all being pretty professional about it. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, with that, that is the end of Geek News proper. We are on to listener mailbag. And we have an email from Zoner Ewan. Pretty short email. Uh, first off, he sent us that Blood and Honey trailer, so thanks. <laughs> and then um, a positive review of the new Lord of the Rings show, but with what looked like spoilers uh, that I tried to skip. And the title is The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power Review. So astounding, it makes House of the Dragon look amateur. Oh, we read this last week. Paul did it like oh, at my the very apologies. end. Did we? Yeah, he did it at the very end. Oh, I left because yeah. I had to go. <laughs> when I hadn't seen the most recent episode. Okay, there we go. That's why. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, um, maybe well, we're we can get to that. Yeah, maybe we can get to that. Maybe we can we can maybe we can address uh, when we get to the, our uh, reviews and recommendations. Reviews yeah. and recommendations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then one other piece of listener mailbag. <laughs> Spider Man No Way Home: The More Fun Stuff Edition Review. I didn't know this until Bryce's email. It's back in theaters with 11 more minutes of more fun stuff. Uh, So Bryce says it makes an already perfect film even better. I love all the scenes they added, and it definitely makes it worth it to go see it in the theater. I don't think they're going to be releasing this version of the film on VOD or streaming, but the scenes they did add include more time with Toby and Andrew's Oops, uh, spoilers. Uh, Spider-Man's including a rematch between Green Goblin and Maguire's Spider-Man, as well as some more context to how the memory spell actually affected the world and some more Daredevil, which is always great to see. Uh, Oh, yay. Oh, also. Oh, yeah. No, I also want him to show up in Daredevil. Anyway. You want I mean, to show up in She-Hulk, <laughs> sorry. There we go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this cut of the film, in my opinion, is the superior version of the two and definitely worth going to see in theaters. Thank you for that, Zoner Bryce. Cool. That's I cool. Know, I contemplated. I, I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to go and see it in theaters. I Also, part of me was like, uh, is this like just it's Mormon time? Like more kind of Sony just trying to get more. Mm. Oh, I guess it is a Sony thing. Maguiring time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Maguiring time. Maguiring time. 
Uh, All right, we're on to reviews and recommendations, starting with Brian's 91 second movie review of Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Is this like, uh, this is a movie from like when people were kids? <laughs> this is a movie, right? It feels from like. When people were kids. It, it feels, feels like, like a movie. It feels like this is a movie, Brian, is it? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is, is it a full length movie? Actors and. Yeah, wow. Is it oh, is it okay. a full length movie, movie though? So yeah, okay. with yeah. actors. Yeah. What's the runtime, Brian? It wasn't a movie, yeah. right? This is based on. And now, ninety-one second movie review. Five, four, three, two, and action. It's no doubt a very foreign concept, an original film revolving around a cute and charming animated character that was born out of pure creativity and doesn't seem centered around selling toys and merchandise. That being said, Marcel, the shell with shoes on, proves that this is not only an idea that's doable, it's also one that's welcome with viewers. The film is a mockumentary about an adorable one-inch tall shell who lives a modest life in an Airbnb with his grandmother. When Marcel is discovered by a documentary filmmaker, he gets featured in a series of online short films and gains quite a following. This newfound fame offers Marcel a hope of finding his long-lost family. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is a wonderful choice for a family movie night, and while I sometimes find I need to be in the mood to watch a stop-motion animated flick, this one got its hooks in me fast. It's an easy 90-minute watch with enough humor and heart to be enjoyed by all ages of the household. Because of the film's simplicity, it's hard to think of it as a life-altering cinematic experience, but it's proof that you can't judge a creature by the size of its shell because the film manages to inspire a range of emotions from the viewer like loss and a sense of longing for connection. The voice cast includes Isabella Rossellini and stars comedian Jenny Slate, who also co-wrote the film. Slate brings this infectious magnetism to Marcel, and there are times you can't help but laugh at the giant-sized personality dwelling within such a tiny being. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is a masterclass in character relatability. While not a must-watch, it's a definite heartwarming experience regardless of the level of cynicism within the viewer. Cut! That's a wrap! You can get all of Brian's 91 second movie reviews at thezone.fm slash movies. Yeah, is this like a millennial thing? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah? <clears throat> yeah, a little I, bit younger millennial maybe. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. really remember this and everyone was like, millennials, Minchana Denojinan, and I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, it's like a web series. Jenny Slate, I remember Jenny Slate was on Letterman talking about this thing that she invented. Oh, she, oh, she the, invented it? Right, Brian, I read about that? Yeah, so like, because it was a series of like short, films on social media yeah yes. i remember oh. i kind of like semi remember seeing that but i didn't know that she was involved from the beginning oh yeah oh cool yeah she was the voice uh from the beginning oh wow yeah oh. yeah 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 it was kind of i think her creation um yeah it was you know it's like it, like i put it in the same kind of category as uh like charlie and the unicorn or something remember that little yeah. video yeah 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 or or maybe even like strong bad you and know candy mountain Can, yeah, yeah candy mountain candy mountain yeah, 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 exactly. We like or salad fingers. Salad fingers. All those, you know, those My like spoon is too big. Yeah, all, all that like thing, that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all those like silly things that were like um, videos, and then there was like a silly voice or a weird voice, and then very, very popular with like people That's like early adopters, kind of of internet memes and, and videos. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're coming to that stage now oh, yeah. in generational media where those are going to be the next feature films. Oh, I my think God. the thing very about much. like. A24 is like a movie company that got a hold of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's who made the movie. And they're the same um, company that made everything everywhere all at once. Mm. A24 is pretty bold, I they're think. They're crushing it. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they're like yeah. the Miramax of now. 
Oh, oh what a great parallel. Yes, Kirsten. I know things. Coming in 2023. Strong <laughs> Ask me about somebody. a gra- glass onion. <laughs> uh, so uh, I did two 91 second movie reviews this week. Do you want to do both of them or do you want to save them? Yeah, one? no, I, let's do the second one. Yes, yes. the other one also now, about a movie? This one about, now the movie. <laughs> this is Brian's 91 second movie review of Fall. Of, is that it's a movie? It's not even a long title to give you time to, to no, stall. No, no, And you stretched not, it out, bud. I'm not as stalling. Much as I'm just like you actually asking. You got as asking, much real estate as you as could. I've as heard much of. movement as <laughs> yeah, you possibly could about I the one syllable word, is, fall. This one. Why do you pronounce both? Is it L's? about fall? Oh, there it is. Zone 913, second movie review. Five, four, three, two, and... I didn't really go into fall with high expectations. Okay, even for an unintentional pun, that was bad. It could simply be because I'm not much of an adrenaline seeker, but the premise of the film had me scoffing even when watching the trailer. The bizarre circumstance in which our two main characters find themselves could very well be a roadblock to hitting play on the film, but if they manage to accept it for what it is and move ahead with it, fall actually manages to deliver quite the rush. The movie is about a pair of best friends conquering fear while climbing to the top of a 2,000-foot abandoned broadcast tower. Once at the top, a series of plot devices, also known as loose screws, leaves them stranded with no way down. Now, as I said, get past the utterly stupid plot contrivances and you're left with a white-knuckle ride of a thriller. Is it original? No, not really. Is the dialogue at least on point? Uh, nah, I can't say that either. For me, what really made this work, well, for the most part, were the series of shots that made you really believe these two people were in serious trouble. There's something to be said for scenes that make me react and yell out, oh, holy crap, <laughs> and there were a few of them. As a survival show, Fall manages to find multiple ways to make you claw the edge of your seat. And while I spent a lot of time describing this flick as a genuine B-movie, there's still ways it could have stuck the landing a little better. Without spoiling too much, I will say that I left the film fairly unsatisfied with the rushed resolution, Mm. so I question whether or not the movie actually paid off. But for the most part, the journey to get off the tower extracted enough beads of sweat from my forehead to give it a pass. Cut! That's a wrap! I'm going to say two things about um, Fall. One, I watched the trailer and I, I had to turn away. I couldn't look. This is not a movie for me. Not in a million years would I watch this movie or a movie like it. Do you get the Second, weird feeling in your knees? Is that what it is? Are you afraid of stomach, heights? Yeah. Yeah. Stomach? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not, I'm not generally afraid of heights as it were. I mean, I've never been that high up with that little around me. Mm-hmm. But like heights, I'm usually okay with in, in general. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, just the way it was shot. I get it. I totally, it's doing yeah. its job. Too much for me. Would never do it. Two, guy lines. Why are you just throwing knapsack over the guy line and zip line down to the ground? He's right. That's all I have to say. Why didn't the Eagles just pick them up and fly them to Mordor? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see any mods in the trailer? No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, but I think uh, I think that's a fair review, though, Brian. I don't know. I from what I saw from the trailer too, I was like, oh yeah, okay, but. Sorry, I, I almost didn't you, watch it, though. Yeah, who's in this movie? Is this a movie with actors that I know? Oh, she was being like curious about those questions before. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only recognizable actor uh, was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and huh? he has, right. like, four minutes of screen time. Oh, um, boy. It, does it, the, it, the two girls on the tower, yeah. Yeah. What, why was it getting hype, though? Oh, wait. You know why I watched this trailer? Is because wasn't this the movie that... 
We talked about in, in weeks previous. It was like a, a it thing. It all the swears. It edited the swears. Oh, right? This yeah. is the one. That's right. So do you watch the swear version, Brian? Um, no, because I, I saw, and it's funny, I actually rewound it a couple times because there were times, actually, twice in one sentence, the uh, one of the characters says freaking. <laughs> no and way! So I rewound it, I was like, I bet you she said fucking twice. And, Where did you watch this, Peachtree? <laughs> no, no, I watched it uh, at a friend's house. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a it, weird it's, movie. Uh, what yeah. the hell is this? What it's is this movie? Yeah, where did you... What is this? Go to justwatch.com slash CA and you'll so, find out. So, Ryan, did you watch it because we had talked about it because of this weird swear reverse? Because if anyone is listening to this podcast and didn't listen to the one where we talked about it before, we should recap here. That this movie went through like an experimental swear removal process, right? But is that kind of the gist... Yep, that sounds almost exactly. Yeah, they got some company, I think, out of the UK to remove over 30 um, cusses, but not just overdub them, change the lip flaps using uh, deep fake. No, that's right. This was the lip flap story. That's I'm so glad we got back to lip flap. Bud's the one who brought up the lip flaps. He loves to say lip flaps. Bud loves lip flaps. So, is that why you watched this movie, Brian? To see lip flaps? Um, <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. I heard there's a movie called Blonde coming out that you might want to watch, Brian. Oh, no. okay. Okay. Uh, no, I, I actually, like, because at first when I saw the trailer, I was like, there's no way because I kind of partially had that same reaction that Bud had. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, movie that you were talking about that you saw? It was the documentary of the guy that was, like, free... Um, free Solo. Free solo, yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, no I kind of, kind of have that right, like yeah. where it's just like, holy shit, I'm like already. And I'm, I remember watching Free Solo on my phone, and I was still like that. So imagine wow. watching it in the IMAX at the, uh, at um, the the museum. Yeah, which I did. Yeah, you watch Free Solo on your phone on purpose for that reason? Yeah. Well, no, it's because the, the TVs were being used by the kids, and uh. like, but I really <laughs> wanted to watch it. Um, but uh, I have the feeling that, like, this, if you were to watch it in theaters, would even be more intense. Mm. Um, and that's the only thing that, yeah, that, that really kind of drew me to it is just like, oh, well, I've been hearing, like, I, I was kind of also baffled by, like, it, the fact that it was getting positive because it came off even in the trailer like a B movie. So curiosity really is what is what got me to it. Mm. Curiosity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lip flaps. Curiosity about NC-17 movies. Okay. Next up, I guess it's me. I ate the hamburger, which is Simu Liu, We Are Dreamers, a superhero origin story. I guess we talked about this in April or May, roundabout when it came out. So this is a bio, like, read by the author. is one of my favorite lines in a nonfiction audiobook. I mean... Oh God, Simulia's voice in my ears. I could listen to this guy read the phone read the phone book. Yeah. Like, my favorite. Well. With him reading it, you get you get the emotion, the humor, and like the pronunciations, like the proper Mandarin pronunciations. And like as a Chinese Canadian, it gives me appreciation for our previous generations, any immigrants' previous generations, like their struggle to just get by day to day in any new place, which has its share of racism. And his story is not easy. Like, he was raised by his grandparents in Beijing while his parents made their way to the new land of Canada. And then Simu Liu moved to Canada at the age of four, 
hardly knew his parents. Um, and you can hear him crying while he's recording the audiobook, talking about leaving his Nina and Yeye, his grandparents, uh, because those are the people who raised him for the first four years of his life. So he's in a new country. He's got a broken arm. Parents who have never had to care for a child or pay for any of the stuff related to a child. And I mean, it really made me appreciate my situation. Mm. Um, you get the the hardworking Chinese culture and family expectations. Those are all alive and well and were very difficult to hear uh, at times. It's not all doom and gloom. I mean, there's there's a bunch of relevant cussing, which is always funny to hear from celebrities or presidents who read audiobooks. Um, <laughs> there are some great and cute stories from his childhood and school years, and you get to hear him sing a verse from his boy band. <gasps> no you know, way. He had a boy band. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, a lot of raw family history, uh, which is important to hear because uh, it relates to his success today. And it's not just to play the sympathy card. Like he admits it was hard for both him and his parents to talk about this tough history. And he actually <laughs> hopes that other families can hear his story and understand where his family went wrong. And so that future families can choose to be kinder and listen. And it's sort of, I guess it, like it goes through this long history, like trying to follow his parents' path, uh, how he managed to slack off and basically just get by through most of school and uh, like high school, college, and the beginning of his career. Then bottoming bottoming out and getting fired at 22, and then having his first experience on a movie set. Mm. Um, then it's a history just as gradual, but full of auditions and rejections and low opportunities because he's Asian and his parents' constant disappointment that he's pursuing Aww. acting rather than being in banking or going to med school and then finally you get to see some upswing after kim's convenience which i did not know was a toronto fringe festival play first and yeah. then it went off broadway and uh paul sun young lee and jean yoon played appa and amma from the beginning from in all the plays um, anyways, would highly recommendation, even if you are not uh, half Chinese like me, uh, the Simu Liu, We Are Dreamers book or audiobook. Cool. Now, <clears throat> before we get into <laughs> any other reviews and recommendations, I want to um, make it clear that I have watched nothing all week. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you want to know what? I'm going to hang around because at this point... It's just, you know, it's my own fault for not watching things, and I like hanging out with you guys and uh, spoil away. It's totally fine. I'll watch these things on my own good time. They must not be that important to me. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it here or if you all know, but um, do, do you know I'm having a hot ball summer? Does anyone know about hot boy summer? We we got that idea. Yeah. <laughs> really? I had no clue. Sorry, Kirsten pointed out to me in a different uh, email yesterday about some other different work responsibilities I was shirking. She's like, I know you're having a hot boy summer, but anyways, do work. <laughs> anyways, so, so uh, having a bit of a hot boy summer, it's a lot of fun. I'm having a good time, but I'm not watching anything, and it sucks. And that, the only reason I'm bringing it up here, I'm not here to just brag about my hot summer. It, oh, you're not? Okay. I, no, oh, okay. I ain't. I ain't. No, no, I'm lamenting, lamenting, lamenting for you to uh, have pity upon me that there is just oh. so many good things to watch. I said this last night to uh, Stranger as a part of Hot Boy Summer uh, that like there's just so many things to watch and I got three things that I want to watch right now for both my own personal enjoyment as well as like legit homework for this podcast which I enjoy to be on. Their names are Jessica, Sarah, and Judy. How even dare you? <laughs> 
got like three things right now, and it's Lord. Jessica. <laughs> you deserve try- this, Paul. You're trying to think about the Mambo number five names, okay? If no, you re- no, I would have said Sandra, Rita. Oh my God, she knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at her Sandra. go! <laughs> yeah. And as I continue, it's only getting sweet. Tina, yeah. Tina, yeah. I know, so. I know the Mambo number five. Don't don't tell me <laughs> that I don't know the Mambo number five. You are not Lubega. You have different women. You are no Lubega. Yeah. Uh, and so I said last night <clears throat> to. Uh, that it was going to be uh, Lord of the I like one on watch. Well, Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon, She Hulk, three shows. I've abandoned Stranger Things. Okay, mm-hmm. I got three episodes into that fourth and a half season. Um, I got the Amazon Prime working. I saw the boys. I looked right at it and was like, no. Okay, <laughs> three things. I cannot carve three hours out of my week to watch these shows. That's me. With she Hulk's only twenty minutes. What? Yeah. Did she hold only 20 minutes? Yeah. Oh, 20, yeah, 21, 22 minutes. I watched that in bed actually last night. Oh, idiot. But do you know what I mean? And it's, but it's just, it's still, it's so difficult. There are so many things. So really, I think the real lament for all of y'all to agree with me on is that just, wow, what a glut of great programming right now, hey? F your, F your schedule. It's September. It's quite <laughs> incredible how much there is. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's so true. So anyways, um, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in as like a, uh, you know, uh, outsider. Uh, if anyone uh, is listening to this podcast and hasn't watched these shows, please continue to listen along with me. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm from your perspective. So I'll ask the questions. That yeah, we will be getting spoilers. That so. you're, you're thinking up. Yeah, so there you go. Let's, let's get into it. And now we move on to She-Hulk, Season 1, Episode 3, The People versus Emil Blonsky. She-Hulk, I have to say, this episode of She-Hulk felt a lot like The Boys, especially in its treatment of media, and I love it. And after the first two episodes, I was looking for all of the little Easter eggy things that Brian always finds in his page and a half of color-coded notes. I have enjoyed each episode more. This episode three, The People vs. Emil Blonsky of She-Hulk, my favorite. Mm. Wow. Wow. Uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought, um, just from a critical perspective, that the CGI in this episode was not very good. Oh, no. And I keep oh, hearing agreed. it. It continues I, to be not very good. I keep hearing it. Like, why did they not just paint her green like Gamora? And I know that she gets bigger and, like, maybe a little oh. bit stronger, but, like, holy crap, was there some uncanny valley, especially when she was twerking with Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> well, there's a big spoiler for you. Okay, so I hope we put well, the spoilers back when I said spoilers initially because, wow, yeah, Megan the Stallion is in this episode. And um, everybody except for Douchebaggery gets the the correct, but but Douchebaggery says the, which is uh, extra funny. That's very funny. Uh, I didn't know about that, but I did know that she was in this, and I did know there was a twerking scene because I have eyeballs on the internet. Yeah, it it's looks all anybody's so seen. bad. It should have been like a fun whatever mm-hmm. bumper cr- after scene. And I was just like, this looks terrible. This looks really bad, guys. Really? Come on. Like, yeah. It's getting some heat online. I feel like it's getting a heat from, like, jerks. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, jerks are being like, Tony Stark died for this. You know what I mean? Like, I saw that. Oh, That was a take I saw. Yeah. Oh, but no. bad take, I yeah. think, probably, because yeah. it's just supposed to be a fun TV show. But Come on, you men. If you can accept Deadpool being in the same universe, you can accept She-Hulk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is sad that she doesn't look better, though. Especially like when it's your true. title character is going to be in CGI form for the majority of the show. 
I don't know. Like, I just, yeah, why don't they just paint her green? Oh, I don't I so know. Agree. You know, the painter green is absolutely correct thing to do. And I, I guess they don't want it to look like Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. And I guess they don't want it to be like, well, you made Mark Ruffalo a whole CGI man. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, for, he has to movie. be like what he looks like. Mm-hmm. That does not look like a regular person. Like, yeah. She-Hulk, like, that, that was my complaint from the beginning, is like, she just looks like a taller, sexy lady. Like, she's not as built- and it's comic accurate, as Brian has pointed out. Right, um, right. But anyway, that that is just my thing watching the show is just like I wish that it looked better so that we didn't have the complaints coming from one end about yeah. the the character and then the other end about the CGI and then the other end about yeah. the, uh, Tony Stark dying for her sins or something. Listen, I... Oh, wait, though, that was that Easter. <laughs> that was that Easter show. <laughs> that Easter show. Um, I, no, I couldn't agree with you more about paint people green. Just paint people green and then, uh, you know, it's like d- after Lord of the Rings... There's no excuse anymore for having people of different sizes. You use forced perspective, and yeah. you used you used children, you know, or whatever you do. That's what they did hobbits. in Star Wars. They use children. They use children. That's right. You use Warwick Davis. You use whatever you want, but you children or specifically Warwick <laughs> Davis. No one else. No in between. <laughs> okay, and you and you do it like that. But yeah. and I imagine as well that are you kidding me that there's not a, like you you two especially Bud and Kirsten can tell me you graphic designers. There's not a way where you can. Just just take one element on your frame and just go like pinch it out and make it enhance. bigger enhance yeah enhance. and so it looks bigger than everyone else is there not a way to do that in a scene no it's not like that it's Paul's not like pinch. A show like this <laughs> <laughs> no it's it, no it's a lot more technical. Absolutely not. It's not that easy. Oh, well, well, what are you going to do? Force perspective then. If Gandalf can sit at a table and look three yep. feet taller than Bilbo Baggins, yep. then, f- then don't and do it's it. it's all done practically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, that's that critique. The other thing that I had about this episode, Brian, like, what is going on with Wong? Like, does Wong seem like an entirely different character to you? Mm. I, yeah, that, I was uh, I was a little disappointed with the uh, the reasoning. Yeah, for, I thought there was like a little bit maybe more reasoning behind him um, breaking. It's, it's out. cameo per show, but it was yeah, it was really just ex- kind of explained away for the sake of the cameo, where it's just like uh, he just wanted to get himself trained up because he's a sorcerer supreme, so he just wanted to pick somebody to fight. Mm. Like, isn't this one of the reasons why Doctor Strange got, like, fired from being the Sorcerer Supreme? Because he wasn't taking it seriously and was doing weird shit. And so Wong no, took he over. Only, he only got fired because he was snapped and uh, it wasn't there. Five more years. On oh, it. I thought, like, they were, like, unhappy with him, too, about, like, he didn't have, like, reverence for the role of Sorcerer Supreme. But then we have Wong, who just seems, like, flippant right now. I'm just like, what A little is going bit, yeah. on? He's running this pretty alternative. Oh, yeah. maybe he's a maybe he's a scroll. Maybe. Oh my god. Maybe we'll find out he's a scroll all along. It did make scrolls me operate laugh, the ring. Just like the like he's, he's like okay, well, Wong, thank you for uh, admitting that, and because because of that, like Emil can go free. But uh, you broke the law. He's like, bye. Yeah, yeah I, I, I must, I must depart. Yeah. Well, that's what I said <laughs> so to Johnny funny. too. I was like, wait, aren't they just going to arrest him now? Like, what is yeah. anyway? But they can't get to him because he's got the ring thingy. Yeah. Um, which is also funny because yeah, and that's it's like the after that, uh, me and the boys ended up watching some Shang Chi and 
specifically for that you know part and at the end of shang chi he's of course in the post credit scene right of course we're thinking oh that would have been hilarious if he was late because of that like he had just come from the karaoke bar oh funny sure sure yeah yeah could you see in the background where he was maybe coming he from he was Brian? coming from Comartage. oh okay yeah. yeah but um but yeah so i i don't know like i'm i'm with but i like the, the episode itself it's it's funny because like a lot of those things because of how light and how fun the the show is a lot of the stuff like the cgi doesn't get to me like the, the i do agree like as a whole yeah you know i and i think that there's there's some changes that are they're being made now because it's being made public in terms of like how poorly the the visual effects artists are being treated by marvel because they're pumping out so much content okay, and yeah. there's like deadlines that they have to you know to yeah to, so I agree with all of that stuff. Like, you know, obviously VFX artists are, you know, the, they're your commodity. If you're running a superhero yeah. universe, that's like your most important player aside from like the, the people that you cast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you should really be treating them a lot more fairly. And, and then the work will reflect in that sense. With the show itself, like the show itself is is so, is written so fun that like, you know, I kind of sort of forgive all those things. And even just the twerking scene is just like, oh, it's just it's twerking with Megan Thee Stallion. That's that's all it was. Right. And- yeah. I, I'm almost in the exact same position. CGI still terrible. Mm-hmm. However, less stakes just because it's a fun, silly show uh, with references to all your greater MCU stuff. And it's just there's only so much time you can spend brooding watching a show like the falcon and the winter soldier and how terrible and deep everything is and occasionally we need this you know we need your your deadpools and your she hulks i'm really enjoying it and just uh, yeah even just like so all the asides as well like in terms of like at the beginning reminding everybody this is like we're don't forget whose show this is and then uh even just at the bar where she like just quickly looks at the cameras like connecting the a and the b plot so good yeah i love those moments yeah you know, treating it exactly like a sitcom with, you know, breaking the fourth wall. Um, there were, there weren't as many like little Easter egg thingies that, uh, I saw on this. I did love the, uh, the Marvel's sort of response to, you know, the a-holes and stuff like on- online. Yes. Oh um, yeah. All those tweet quotes. Yeah. Some of those were real too. No like, way. Oh, probably yeah, more were actual like tweets that were being pulled about like people not liking the fact that, you know, they're just making a she Hulk kind of thing. Oh my. Like, like so, it's a new thing. Yeah. Wait. So yeah. Brian, do you think that this scene was in the show already because they knew this was going to happen or do you think they added it? I think they knew it was going to happen. Like I think, and, and that's what you had said, right? And because we I, we were discussing this in the Slack, uh-huh. yeah, I have a feeling that like Marvel did know, just given all the Captain Marvel stuff as well, years before. Yeah. How sad is that? That you just like, all right, everyone. So what's going to be our game plan here with our uh, our, our female fronted TV show to combat misogyny? <laughs> here uh, come the misogynists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, step one: green light female fronted show. Step one and a half, mm-hmm. not even two. Uh, what's going to be our anti misogyny game plan here? Like, how shitty is that? Yeah, it's so yeah, expected. Was being paid to like screenshot for this <laughs> for the purpose, right? Of- yeah, yeah, no kidding. That was somebody's job, and I love how in almost all the usernames there was definitely a, a male name referenced yeah. uh, in in them. It's yeah, 
That's yeah, really all the media things too. So like when they're when whenever she was going in and out of the prison, and there's like all those reporters, and they were reporting on the rumors that the other reporter had just asked, just yeah, made up, incredible. All of those, like, so all of those like questions. There, is, is it true that you were rejected by the Avengers and all that stuff? That that's mm. actually all. All of those rumors were pulled from comic storylines, like in the comic. Perfect. Oh, cool. Perfect. The Avengers and and everything. So um, that's those are little fun things. Um, and then uh, the other thing, I guess, to glean like comic booky at the end was when she got uh, mugged, and uh, all those people are just like, "Did you rob an Asgardian construction worker?" Yes. So those guys <laughs> in the comics, they're called the Wrecking Crew. No way. Uh, they've had dealings with like a lot of like the street level comic. Uh, heroes before. Yeah, cool. And uh, it le- seems like their whole plan was to try to get her blood. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he, the guy, you know, stabbed her with the the syringe thing, and of course the metal thing broke. Yeah. Um. And then when they got back to the van, they're like, the boss is gonna is not gonna be happy about this. So there's a mystery boss, somebody yeah. that hired these guys. Mm. Uh, and I still think my my. Um, main kind of guess for this is that uh, they're going to be bringing back Tim Blake Nelson, who played um, Samuel Stearns in The Incredible Hulk, and he's like, oh, a little bit of a comedic character, but uh, um, he was infected by Hulk blood in the movie, and you just see him at the end, kind of like the Hulk blood, like uh, dripping on onto his like open wound on his head. Okay, okay, kind of like sort of like pulsating and then he starts smiling and that was it um interesting now after hulk blood and he hired these guys and that'll probably and be in like an end of uh series reveal of some sort wild wild mm-hmm. okay interesting it um, feels like we're getting closer and closer to that uh that um daredevil cameo well there has to be a cameo in this next episode or else yeah, otherwise it's not an episode of She-Hulk. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, oh, I want to say right now, um, uh, as I'm talking about She-Hulk, that uh, Art's mad at me for calling him out last week. And I uh, just want to say uh, I can't wait for him to come back and, and defend. Because if you didn't hear it, Art said... Art said some weird thing about... We don't have time to talk about this right now. We still have to talk about two other things. It's not time for you and Art's friendship fight when okay. Art's not here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, I just want to say uh, to Art that uh, come back and let's talk about it, dude. Come back and let's talk about it. I just want to think that I can't wait Art to talk about it. would be fooled by a shape-shifting Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't. Art's a smart man. So, um... I think, yes. You do? Yeah, oh, I think no. so. Yeah. Would Paul, in his hot Paul summer... Oh, 100% fight. Oh. Shifting as guardian, Megan the Stallion. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think so, but I also don't think he would care. <laughs> yeah. no, I don't. Dang. I, I don't have any idea what you all are talking about. But I uh, th- thank oh, you. Of I course, think, of course, right. Thank you for complimenting Kirsten. There I are think, no light right? elves. No, don't don't even. My other my other favorite line from it is like when uh, the elf started speaking about like Asgard is not a place; it's a people. And then the judge interrupts, is like Thor's inspirational speeches are not admissible in this courtroom. <laughs> exactly. That was so good. So well done. <laughs> That's All really right, no. let us compound Paul's confusion and move on to House of the Dragon, Season 1, Episode 3, second of his name. Uh, so I caught up on Episode 2 and most of Episode 3 last night, and 
So, and I haven't listened to from the the late 1900s podcast. I haven't listened to y'all talk about it beyond the fact that it's the same flipping theme. So I'm rehashing all of this, but oh man, I can't watch the theme because the foley on the blood is just too much. Mm, oh, interesting. I'm skipping right that. through that. Really? Yeah. It's just yeah. It's just too vivid and too. Um, unrealistically black but after watching so like this time i also um purposefully did not skip it because i wanted to see if it goes through different like watching the trail of of the the places trail goes different and gives you any insight into it looks the same though yeah so far it looks the same but there's the potential for it to change up as different families and whatever um I don't know, become more prevalent prevalent in the show. Um, I'm really into it, actually. I, after giving it another week, I'm very, I think it's a very cool, different thing. Like, to change it up from the map to do this thing is really cool. And if you look at all those, like, I watched this video that breaks it down, you know? It's like, oh, interesting. Yeah, and it's like, it's all there. All the history is there and correct. And there's, like, one part where... You settle on one sigil, and then the the blood splits off into, like, I think it's, like, eight or nine different streams. And that's to signify that, like, that king had, like, eight or nine kids. Oh. And so it became, like, a really difficult situation because the, the, the bloodline got, like, so split up and, like, who was the proper heir and there was fighting at that time. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, every stream of blood, every twist and turn that that blood takes in that intro is like very representative and accurate to the fictional history that's Makes all sense. laid out in the books. Cool. Yeah, it's really kind of neat. So um, I, it's growing on me. Again, the <laughs> the fact that they couldn't change the tone or uh, pitch it up or whatever. <laughs> Just a slightly different song. Oh, and even wild. worse, like from a musical standpoint, they yeah. do a couple of edits in there which are just... Oh. Do they really? Oh yeah, they, yeah. There's at least two cuts in there just to shorten it, oh. and that's fine. But it's a like do it on the six of this. It's a six. It's in six eight. Like just do it properly. Do it to. They didn't do it right. Anyway. Really? Oh, I didn't catch Sorry. that. And usually, just a musical gripe. I don't know music. Yeah. No. But I. I. Oh, I don't. I. Oh, I didn't notice that. Um. Oh, so am oh, I the only oh, one that's oh. seen this episode? Brian, you've seen this episode. Maybe. Am I the only one that's watched it? I've seen three quarters of it. So the um, the interesting facts that come wait, out wait. of this episode. Wait, wait, can you please? I think in this one, can you please just like heads me up if you're gonna do us like a serious spoiler? Like, can I just? I don't think there's serious spoilers. Okay. There isn't really a serious spoiler. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Thank you. Um, I don't know if it's really a spoiler. Well, it, I, not really a spoiler to tell you that they they are still. The ages of the younger actors. Yes. In the, this yeah, world. we haven't done a time jump we yet. We've done a, a big time jump yet where we change the actors. Right. Uh, we have done a time jump. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a significant time jump, but, but not an actor changing time jump. The actor of Rhaenyra and of Allison haven't changed yet. Right. I think those are the only two that are changing. I believe so. Is yeah, I believe you're right. I assume it's because everyone else is going to die. What? Maybe. Yeah, oh, right? interesting. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't understand. Why would they have to change the actors because everyone else is going to die? Well, d- no, 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 no. Like, when it time jumps for them th- that Rhaenyra and Allison are old enough to need different actors, mm-hmm. I assume that in that time everyone else has died. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, um, interesting. So in this episode, like, the only kind of, like, cool factoid that came out of it is apparently George R. R. Martin was, like, really disappointed with the hunt scene that was in original Game of Thrones when um, uh, 
King Baratheon right. gets like gored by the 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 bull or what is it? Not a bull. They didn't the, show the, they didn't show him getting gored, right? They just show him in a, like a, a bed afterwards, and he's all. Well, blind. they show the hunt. They show the hunt in the original, and he is he was like, I didn't show it, quote unquote, in the book. Um, and so when they showed it in the TV show, I was really disappointed because it was just three guys walking through a forest with spears. And that's not like wh- how I envision yeah, I a that. kingly hunt a happening. Hunt, yeah. Like I think there's like flags and barren and la la la. So in this one, they did him good. Like, and I guess it was yeah. his request. Like, let's show what an actual kingly hunt should look like. Oh, um, CG animals aside, right? Yeah. So, so that was like, I guess George R. Martin's request is to like show a hunt. Um, which is kind of cool, and like all the weird um, foreshadowing there with the white stag and everything. Oh, um, boy, oh boy, this show loves foreshadowing, hey? But I will, <laughs> I will say, like I said a, a couple of weeks ago when we were reviewing this, is like uh, it is very stressful to watch this. Like uh. we'll talk about Lord of the Rings in a second and how fucking of a different watching experience that is. Mm-hmm. But watching the show, I'm just like. I am so stressed out, and then they're introducing children, and I just cannot handle. I'm just like, all of these children are going to die, and I'm going to hate it, <laughs> and I don't, I can't, and like, I don't, oh. I can't. Oh no! Oh, it's so stressful. Um, but yeah, I'm still. And there was a really good uh, battle scene in this one too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Good, good battle. Okay. I think they were like, oh, we're three episodes in, we should throw a battle in here for people. Toss a battle in here. Yeah. Oh, was it with the crab guy? The crab guy yeah cool 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 i was stressed out by the hunt too because of like because i knew what happened to baratheon yes and so they're holding that uh they're holding the antlers and i'm like oh geez he's gonna get close yeah yeah mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. i gotta say i feel like a targaryen king he's a shitty king he's a shitty king well that's why he's rotting away right yeah. that's uh, yeah the whole point of this show is how this poor guy is like he's kind of be nice he's trying to be nice trying to be a good king like it, it's hard but but that's why the the throne keeps cutting him right like mm-hmm. that's there's so much huge symbolism in that there's all these yeah. like, great quotes from uh, whether it's the original show or the books or whatever it's like where the throne rejects bad kings oh so good and, and this king is like one of the ones that's like famous rejected by the throne that yeah. like keeps getting cut and cut and cut by the swords mm-hmm. uh, you know that's that's the thing that's another famous thing about the throne is that like yeah it's just a bunch of like a huge horrible misshapen thing of a bunch of shards of metal so it's really mm-hmm. easy to hurt yourself on it and and that was on purpose there's a great great quote from uh, Aegon the Conqueror that it should be uncomfortable because kings should never sit easy while they mm. rule and reign. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. And then so this this one, what's his name? Viserys, Viserion, whatever his name is. He keeps getting cut because the, the throne is rejecting him and he's rotting it's away. Incredible. It's incredible. Like, and, and it's I, really cool. I kind imagery. of see this coming and I kind of think that it's appropriate just because of the casting. Patty Constantine, I think that's how you say his name. Like I – he – he doesn't strike me as like a kingly sort of actor. And when they put him in this role, you know, and like even in this episode, there's a scene there's in the party. He's just had this big, you know, argument with Rhaenyra and then he turns to his wife and he goes, Ting! like this big goofy smile. And I'm like, Hey, there's Patty. That's funny. Yeah. Or maybe you're from hot fuzz um, that I think it's, Great casting that thankfully I understand that no, he's probably not going to super succeed as a king yeah. um, just because of who he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still liking it, but holy crap, it's a very stressful Tough. hour of my life every yeah. week. 
Truth. Yeah. Um, I, I send y'all, I sent one of our group chats a great joke and meme about how the difference between, and it's really on display right now, between Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. And it was like, uh, in House House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones, you're constantly being introduced to characters like the Daughter Eater, and like it's so violent and horrible. <laughs> Versus, you know, Lord of the Rings, where it's like, come over and I will sing you a song that I wrote about potatoes. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the different level of the tone of these two worlds and show and. Uh, yeah, I, I like them both. It's so weird. Like, I thought you haven't watched Lord of the Rings. You had a hot Paul summer. I watched Don't one lie. of them. I watched one of them. No, I watched you didn't. one of them. Yeah, I did watch one of them. Oh. And in fact, yeah, but I know this as well from like watching the original Lord of the Rings movies a thousand times as well as Game of Thrones three times. Like it's just they're so okay. totally different. Like the way that Martin on purpose tried to differentiate himself from Tolkien by making it super gritty and horrible and, you know, real-ish to a similar era on earth like rather than being magical and just the only bad thing was orcs. You know? So I like it. I like the difference. Well, then, finally, we go on to The Lord of the Rings, of which Paul has seen one, and I actually have not seen any. Episode one, season one, episode one, A Shadow of the Past. So, first of all, yeah. this came out, they dropped two episodes oh, last Friday. See? Frustrating. Um, and I had a mild <laughs> panic because we watched the first episode, or actually, they, they dropped them on the Thursday, but now they're releasing on Friday. Okay. Um, anyway, I watched the first episode, and then it started to try to play the second, and I was like, oh, no, did they drop the whole show? I don't want. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. That would suck because then it's like, do I avoid the internet for the rest of the weekend? Yes. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, but luckily, get through eight shows. it was only the first two episodes, but yeah, it did have a mild panic there. But How yeah. many episodes are there going to be in this season? I think it's eight. Is that right? Mm, I, think, I believe it's eight as well. Yeah. yeah, I know that the Game of Thrones one is also very small. It might even be six. Oh, wow. Um, one of them is is very short. Um, anyway, this, this Lord of the Rings show... Like, oh, I'm so excited to that you've watched it, Paul. Um, I love it. I think wow. I think the difference between Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones is they're both fantasy, but Lord of the Rings is high fantasy. Like it's fucking like, you know, like, oh, like you go to the elves or you go to Lothlorien or you go and it's like there's music and the elves are all talking. Oh, like, really where like Game of the Thrones Game of Thrones is like gritty and it, raw. Or it's more reality. Like it's it's yeah, fantasy, yeah, but yeah. it's based in reality where Lord of the Rings is high fantasy. Like you've got these mm-hmm. huge, you know, set pieces and the characters are so different. Like the dwarves are all going to talk like this and be dwarves, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's a little le- less based in reality. Um, so I'm I'm really enjoying that, but I'm having to remember that's what Lord of the Rings is about because yeah. it is very shocking to go to watch it, especially when we're watching two kind of medieval, even though they're fake shows. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, this is different. This is the world I am na- in now. <laughs> but I yeah. found like... The You're not going to have like a sex scene between the elf and the... No, elf. yeah. <laughs> implied though. Yeah, Definitely yeah. implied. But I found like the the way that, especially the first episode of The Rings, Rings, Rings is shot, like some of those like establishing shots, especially with the Harfoots, 
that is like straight out of like a Peter Jackson like oh, yeah. r- rule book of them like you know flipping the carts over and hiding themselves and putting the plates down mm-hmm. like it was so like those Lord of the Rings movies we love they've got Howard Shore back doing the score so good yeah um, which can I say though in the second episode oh you know what I did watch the second episode I oh my watched, god Paul <laughs> I watched it as I as I fell asleep last night actually I put it on to go to bed uh, the theme song sucks I, I, oh. I, was, I was shocked. I was like, wow, this theme song is so boring. And then when his name came on the screen, I was like, excuse you? And I even jumped back to mm. double make sure that it, what it said was like theme song by yes. Howard Shore. And Bear McCready. And then Bear the, McCready yeah. does the rest of it. I uh, was yeah, shocked yeah. compared to like how much I absolutely adore every single piece of music from the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, and then maybe I guess he was trying to differentiate rather than the Game of Thrones yeah. method of just using the same song again. He didn't want to just, <laughs> you know, re- even like rely on similar themes that you had heard before. So I, that was really wild and weird to me. Mm-hmm. It was such a boring theme song. I was like, this is so such a stock standard. It reminded me of like, this could be the theme song on like The Morning Show or Severance or any of the Apple t- or like, you know, any of the Apple TV Plus shows where they just, just use kind of boring whatever music. But I even the full sequence too. You're just like, oh, this is totally skippable. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, I I was wondering what it was at first. It was like I, I paid attention because I was thinking, oh, is this going to be like a Game of Thrones kind of thing where, you know, things are happening. And it's just really patterned. It looks like, you know, patterns. You know how you have like grains of sand or whatever yeah. on a speaker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> speakers playing music. But they, yeah. but they are like the different symbols of stuff. It's like all about the creation of the Rings of Power because you see the White Tree of Gondor. And then yeah. they're like, and at the end, all of those little pieces go to make the one ring. Yeah. Like they do. It is a thing. I get it, cool. but boring. I, like <laughs> I thought it was cool. Okay. And I feel oh, like Paul. even, you know, no, seriously. And the real difference between the Game of Thrones, like, yeah, we liked the Game of Thrones map and that it changed every week. But also, I was there for that music. The music was so good. I get, yeah, I don't know. But I in the, the put me in the mood. The this puts me in nothing. Puts the, me to sleep. The episodes themselves, I've thought that the um, the soundtrack has been phenomenal. Like mm. Bear McCready has done a really good job yeah. of like emulating, like you know that those sounds. I think it looks good. I yeah. think the graphics look phenomenal yes, for an Amazon show. Sure do. Um, now, if it wasn't an Amazon show, would you still think the CGI looks wonderful? Yeah, I think so. Like, good. I think it's okay. good of good quality. Um, I think, like, some of the some of the um, the costumes and the hair aren't great, but like, again, I think it's that Lord of the Rings fantasy, right? Like, the Harfoots, like, their hair, they've got, like, pine cones and shit in them, but, the, yeah. like, their hair, like, doesn't move because it's a wig, right? <laughs> um yeah. But, like, it's a very, very fantastical thing. Um, I love all of the, and this is getting heat, is all the, like, BIPOC representation. Like, you know, this was getting heat years ago when it was announced. Like, there's going to be a black elf. Or, yeah. Oh, whatever. my God. So many people talking about the Euro. Yeah. Be, remain faithful to the European angle of it. Well, it's oh, not. It's, so. it's fantasy. They can be whatever. Anyway, he yeah. is freaking awesome. Cruz Cordova or whatever. Um, love his character. Like, I'm just really enjoying. Which one is he? Is he the, the Harfoot? The elf. The, the elf. The Anderondir or whatever. The the, the, the oh, oh, the like the, oh, the like the, the cop elf. Yeah, he's like a ranger. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, he's great. He's so good. Um, but, 
I I don't know. I just right now for me where I guess I am in my life, I am enjoying I am enjoying this kind of fantasy more than the House of Dragon yeah. just because I feel like I can consume it in not like such a like high alert like waiting for <laughs> a red fully wedding. stressful. Yeah. yeah. And I'm still liking the, the Game of Thrones one, but like I just love being in this world and I think it looks so good and it's so cool. Like the little, like if you've ever read the appendix, appendices, what did we decide it was? Appendices. Of um, one is appendix, two is appendices. The, like similarity and like there's little cool things that you can pick up, but even as like somebody that's never read the similarian, like fucking art, man, what a nerd. Um, <laughs> that's a very now. That is a very after I viciously to read. But like just knowing like little little things like I I don't know I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think it looks really good. I love that Elon Musk. Did you see this? Came out and said like that he thought Tolkien would be rolling in his grave yeah, about it. Yeah. And at first I was like, why is why is Elon Musk? weighing in on this I'm so confused but then I remembered of course it's Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and he's just trying to attack Jeff Bezos right. and be like your show oh, right. sucks you nerd uh, his his follow up to that too was that all the men character were he called them cowards yes. or jerks or both and that's not true like Ender Under whatever I can't say his name that elf is he's, he's very he went in the, the hole he didn't know what was in there total stud as yeah. well yeah and like Elrond isn't great in but this but he's a fucking elf man that's what the elves are like yeah right? that's what they're, they're like yeah. that is what an elf is like also so weird because also he, Gladriel's brother as well like yeah, the whole was, thing is like yeah he's a hero and he died yeah. at a war trying to fight the enemy Elrond right? is young Ned Stark yeah, which that's is right. weird yeah, because that's, wow, Sean Bean, wow, of course, Boromir. Boromir. So, so it's like this really weird oh like thing. He could you have know, been young Boromir. You know what's hard right. about that piece of cast? For whatever reason, I really like the actress who's playing Galadriel. Yeah, I am like Kate Who, Blanchett Who. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why. I just like I'm into it. Whereas I miss Hugo Weaving as Elrond. Yeah, this and, guy's face is weird. I'm sorry yeah. to say, comment about somebody's looks but like there's something about this guy's face and I don't know what it is. Well it's an interesting look and it worked perfectly for young Ned Stark. I loved him as that in that like one scene that he's in. He's so good but yeah I know I kind of agree. I was just like that's not Elrond. I kind of like he's like a a less jaded Elrond though. Like he's definitely playing him differently. He's more naive and he's more like he hasn't learned and he's not a Lord yet, like yeah. so. I get that he's younger, yeah. but yeah, his it's just his face. I don't know. I know. Um, Galadriel mm-hmm. is awesome. Galadriel's awesome. Yeah, yeah. like I love. There were scenes with Galadriel that like they kind of do some sort of like panning close up of her face, and you kind of do see Kate Blanchett, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. especially when the light kind of hits hits the face. Yeah, uh, Durin. Oh my gosh, it was so great seeing. No, oh, you probably fell asleep. Um. I the did. Dwarf City? Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. I saw a bit of it. Actually, oh. no, yeah, that Dwarf City was rad. That's, what is it? Bar-bar- um Before it was ruined. Like, yeah. And it was so cool how they, like, you got to see how they used the mirrors to bring yeah. the sunlight in. Like, it's that kind of fantasy and attention to detail that I think is so cool about the show. Like, yes. um, I, I don't know. I And seeing it finally, you know, mm-hmm. where where they go to go to it and Gimli's so excited about this fucking amazing city they, yeah. and then you, you see it in ruins. Like, to, to finally see it now yeah. in its glory is so cool. Um, yeah, I don't 
I'm very much enjoying it. You, Paul? Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> the, the hard thing for me about this, I ca- I remember when the Hobbit movies came out and I was complaining, um, and I have a similar complaint about this. Uh, our dear good friend Caleb Kirby, mm-hmm. who has been on this podcast some years ago, but who's a writer here at the radio station and who likes this stuff as well, he said, you know, I was complaining to him. I was like, this, this Hobbit movie is way too goddamn long. Even when the first one came out, I was just like, two more of these, like, out of this little book? What the heck? And he was like, I don't care. I just like spending time in this world. Yeah. Mm. And I I love that about him. I love his pure of heart way about him in that way that that's he just likes it and he likes being there and he likes spending time there. And it's like going on a holiday to Middle Earth. And the more time you can spend, the better it is. Mm-hmm. But I – so I, I can appreciate it a little bit on that level. But at the same time, it's feeling like The Hobbit to me as well where, you know, Lord of the Rings – Famously, when Peter Jackson, even to make three movies out of those three books, had to condense, had to, like, boil it down Mm -hmm. to, you know, still you take your time with things and you let things breathe and you, you know, it's like you get the the feel of it and you you let the, the epicness of this story speak for itself. You give it the time to do that, but it was still condensed. With this, as and it was the same with The Hobbit, obviously, it feels stretched. To borrow a metaphor from Bilbo himself, it feels like butter scraped over too much bread. Okay? That's what this show feels what? like. Yeah, it does. That's it's like, so weird. Th- how long does this conversation need to be? That's how so long w- does like- this interaction need to be? Everything feels like uh-huh. it's being dragged out for time. I think this is just compared to Lord of the Rings, mind which is like is somewhere else and wanting to do other things now, with other people uh, and you're like, oh, an hour now, of my time. No. Other people? Uh, <laughs> no. And, okay, so that's that's my problem with it is like compared to Lord of the Rings where Lord of the Rings is the main event. Okay? And the conversations that those characters are having are a lot punchier and tighter. Versus, you know what I mean? Like, think about any dialogue scene between, say, like, uh, you know, Gandalf explaining to Frodo what all is going on versus... Dude, that shit takes so long. Are Gandalf you kidding me? Please and Elrond. go back and watch these first two episodes in December when we're, like, cold boy summer. Okay. And you're chilled out a bit. Because, like, this is literally the same length. Like, they take... Do you remember the Ents? How long it took the ants to say shit? It's yes. like it's like this. Oh they do the God. same thing. It's the conversations are paced so similarly. Oh, I don't feel that way. But that's that's my only beef. Otherwise, it is absolutely enjoyable. Like you say, you just want like a Kevin Smith Clerks where the dialogue's like blah 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 because you're like you're like oh my god, I'm wasting an hour of my time and I need to get out of here. Why are you pausing in between sentences? Say your next words now. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm comparing it to like there's that famous scene in Laura in um, uh, Fellowship where he's like I was there Gandalf I was there 10,000 years ago mm-hmm. when he didn't throw it do you know what I mean like that's a conversation scene between Elrond and Gandalf two of your favorite characters mm-hmm. punch 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 oh, punch go go so go 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 it's, it's so slow compared to this yeah no, no absolutely very, not very I'm gonna do similar. a side by side comparison okay. and so anywho that's my only beef it feels stretched otherwise um yeah, great to be here. I did have the thought, though, as I was watching the first one. And the first one I was, like, really intently watching. I was like, wow, great. This is great. I'll never watch this again. I will <laughs> never, oh ever sit down to watch this again, ever. I would probably watch House of the Dragon again before I watch wow. this. I, oh I think. You know what I mean? Like, 
unless this thing really seriously heats up and makes me fall in love with it, I'm enjoying it now. I will never rewatch. So that's my positive review. Because <laughs> I generally feel good about it. I just feel like I need to temper a little bit. All right. Anything else for the pod, my friends? Kirsten James, where can we find you on the internet? At Kirsten.James. Paul? TheZone.fm slash Paul Jenny. Perfect. <laughs> That is, the, that is the one, right? There's no and that in is, there? Yeah, that's... Yeah. Is this Paul yeah. Jenny? Okay, yeah. Kind of the same as Paul, but slash DJ Boitano instead. <laughs> um, I went by Mr. Butt on things, and you can find us all at the Capital City Comic Con, Saturday, September 24th, 5.15, in the Oak Bay Room 1. Oh, Hi. boy! Do we have a few minutes to yammer about this? We did at the beginning of the podcast. Oh. Yeah, and are you going to be there, Paul? <laughs> yeah, like when I say you can find us all, like Art's going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. If he doesn't work here anymore, like, are you? Are we going to see you, Paul? A hundred percent. Yeah, I am going to show up twenty minutes late with an Aperol spritz, and I'm going to spit oh on Brian. God. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no one will remember that joke in a couple weeks' time. So. <laughs> What's going on? No, it's really maybe don't spit on Brian, <laughs> but mm-hmm. Aperol spritz would be fine. Yeah. Oh, that's. Really oh, I want funny. that to be my cosplay now. I fit the shoes wearing one. Yeah, that's so yeah, cool yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's radical. Anyways, yes. Please join us for that. Uh, this has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 204. Thank you so much for listening. Bye! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.